This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I'm Lindsay Patterson, Mike Santagda. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Lindsay? Good. Um, I'm laughing a little bit because you can kind of see my Christmas tree in the background. And uh, Mike says he still has his up. And he normally, you said your mom said what? My mom says I uh, just get it down by Martin Luther King Day, which is Monday. I don't yeah, have I'm much time. I'm definitely not taking mine down by Monday. I'll tell you that right now. And honestly, I don't have it plugged in right now. But when it's plugged in and you have like not all your lights on, maybe some hallway lights, I think it looks awesome. So I might just keep it up year round. Yeah, buy uh, red lights for this for this month, you know, Valentine's Day tree, then green for next month. Green lights on a green tree. That might be stupid, but do it anyway for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Just make it, you know, it's it's the holiday tree. It's not a Christmas tree. It's kind of funny because someone said last year, uh, I think it was like the first weekend or maybe the second weekend of January where they pretty much just said, it feels like Cincinnati doesn't have a winter winter because they're playing in the playoffs and you kind of totally forget that it's cold right now because you're spending about a month and a half on playoffs, playoff talk, new games. And you're just like, okay, it's almost spring. And that's how I'm treating it. I still remember I posted a picture of, me with a, a glass of champagne after the Bengals finally won a playoff game. And one of the replies was take your Christmas. <laughs> it was a wreath. Take your wreath down. It's January. And I was like, Oh, okay. Whatever. whatever. That's rude. <laughs> you know what? We're having, fun right we're having fun right now because we've talked about it plenty, but there was some can't bad take it down. The Bengals are winning. <laughs> the Bengals are winning. I'm not taking this down. Uh, but you know, we had those struggles early on when they were 0 and 2. They're 12 and 4 now. And I know that I want to say Von Bell says it doesn't matter. That's just the ticket you punch in. Everybody has the same record, and he's right, but there's they are still 12 and 4 to me. And if they win on Sunday, they're 13 and 4. 
Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. And we'll get more to the matchup again with the Baltimore Ravens. But a little look back because I know you go in depth, watch the tape. And a lot of people probably want to talk about the offensive line. Alex Kappa, we don't know when he's going to return. And Zach Taylor wasn't going to say too much in his Monday press conference because they get back to practice on Wednesday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. I feel like we'll get more of an idea. I don't expect to see him out there. The semi good news is it looked like he was on a cart in the AFC North celebration photos. Scooter. 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 We don't know what that means. Everyone's like, well, at least he's on a scooter. I'm like, I wish he was just walking without a scooter. But, you know, that's that's semi-good news, I would guess, if I was a doctor. Uh, but who knows? We don't know. We don't know enough. When someone leaves on a cart, I, I never think it's a good thing. So Let me do a quick tier list. Uh, scooter, walking boot, crutches. What's, what's best to worst? I guess wheelchair would probably be the one I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to add one knee brace, put a knee brace. Knee on. brace. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I would say the, I would, you know what? I'll take it back. I'd say the scooter if I was choosing. Cause he's just You're... walking around, or not, not walking around, just walking. scooting around. Scooting around with a cigar. <laughs> scooting around. Well, someone came up to him and someone came up to him in the locker room and they were like, you know, how you feeling or whatever. He's like, we just won the division. I'm feeling great. And you really can't take much from that, but hey, he didn't have anything on his ankle. His shoe was completely off, and you hope for the best news. We do not know if he's going to play on Sunday, but you had a chance to kind of go back and watch the tape. One of the things with offense alignment, and we've talked about Alex Kappa plenty, is if you don't hear their name, you know they're doing a great job out there. We don't really hear a lot about Alex Kappa. Even Ted Karras gave him a lot of credit in the locker room. He didn't want to give a timeline on if he thought Alex Kappa would come back. He didn't know a lot about the injury or anything like that and just said, you know, he's done a lot for me to see success out there on the offensive line. Tell us a little bit about Alex Kappa and what that absence is going to look like if he doesn't play. Yeah, so Kappa to me was the best offensive lineman. Um, was he the most consistent? I no, I think Karras is probably the most consistent. I also think Kappa's job is typically his assignments were harder. Karras is a lot of times in pass protection giving help, and Kappa has to set alone against like a Kalias Campbell and do well. And he, he he's done a good job pretty much all year, uh, ups and downs at times, but mostly up. He has a higher ceiling than pretty much everybody else, I think, because of his movement he can generate in the run game as well. But, but yeah, it's kind of like what Karis said where everybody's, you know, they, they love Karis, but Kappa might, you know, he's been the best or better, whatever you want to say, but to me, the best offensive lineman on the team. So that kind of stinks. Um, I'm not sure if I consider it better or worse that both the right side guys went down. Um, like part of me is leaning worse, but you can always give, more help to one side rather than both sides having a leak. So that makes me think like, yeah, there are, there's an argument for it to be not that much. It's not as bad as if the left guard and the right tackle went down, but eh. I think it does kind of stink that there's two guys who probably aren't going to gel right away. We had a lot of discussion about that. We're back where that is. Um, Adenji still a little bit inconsistent getting off that snap count. Some, at times, he is the last one out, noticeably. That's probably going to be true with Sharping, too. It's just the other guys are so locked in to Joe Burrow's cadence. Obviously, the center's the one snapping the ball, so he's hopefully not the last one out. <laughs> and Joda gets out real good. Um, but, you know, Volson's got Burrow's cadence pretty much locked in. He's getting out there real quick. It's And Kappa was doing that, too. It was 
Adeniji that was a little bit slower, and you have to assume just because he hasn't played with him that much that Sharping's also going to be getting out of that stance a little bit slower than Kappa would. But I do think that Sharping in Houston was kind of the high-end backup, low-end starter type. Like this, to me, you're not getting Jackson Carmen out there with uh, a guy with that low of a floor. He could be bad in a game, but I don't think he's – I don't think he's – gonna consistently be bad that's what uh kind of happened there with carmen and just a very low floor player i think this is a little bit higher floor he's not going to be alex kappa but can he be fine a stable right guard during this stretch i think so i think this is still better than what they had last year on that right side much better like adenogy at right tackle looks pretty good i think he has a case as the best offensive lineman in that game against the Ravens. And if not the best, then I think you could make a very strong case about second best. So I think the identity has shown that at least when they're facing Ravens level talent, I'm not going to say he can handle a Joey Bosa, but when they're facing a Jason Pierre Paul type, I think he's shown that he can actually, he can handle that. He lost a, a pair of reps and there might've, been a communication type thing to happen on a rep. But other than that, he was pretty much locked down like that. I was kind of surprised by how good he was. Like I, I expected him to do fine. And I came away thinking, oh, this is actually pretty good. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, it kind of makes me go back just a little bit. I know they only played nine minutes against the Buffalo Bills, but that whole week was such a toss-up on who was going to start. Well, it was kind of a little surprising when they named Hakeem Adeniji or, or, or Isaiah Prince. And then we're like, well, what about Hakeem Adeniji? We thought he would be the replacement. And I think a lot of people who covered the team thought Hakeem would be. And then Zach Taylor puts out the inactives and Isaiah Prince wasn't even active for the game. And it came down to really just feeling comfortable at practice of what, what they thought of Hakeem. And I'm glad that he got the shot. Even those nine minutes out there, it felt like, you know, he played pretty well. And as you mentioned, could be the best offensive lineman from the Ravens game. I think the biggest thing is, and you brought it up already with the Super Bowl offensive line, the playoff offensive line that they had last year. Look, this team has battled more injuries this season than last year, but I still feel like they're a better team. And that's just credit to the guys, the depth they have, the ones who are stepping up, coaching. Um, you could have told me on October 31st when Cheeto went down that I'm like, I don't know how far this team's going to get this season. They haven't lost since. And that was in, uh, that was Halloween night. We're, we're almost to, I mean, I would love it if they made it all the way to Valentine's Day. I mean, they're playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, but they're they're just rolling right now. And, and it's just a new guy every single time. And even the secondary, um, you know, I'll get to the defensive side in just a moment. But staying with the offensive line, I heard Jake Lisko talk about this. And I think he brings up a really great point when I talk about how this team is better. Do you feel like it's the, you know, how, how Joe Burrow has really evolved this year that has helped with obviously a better offensive line, but even with his right side being down just a tad bit with the starters that they had previously, that Joe Burrow is still good enough to overcome that. 
Yeah. Um, to me, I think Burrow has learned to take what the defense gives him better. And I think that has led to him taking less sacks. He's always had good pocket presence and he knows where things are coming from. He usually doesn't get blasted and he had no idea what was happening or he runs into the sack. That doesn't happen that often. Um, which is something you'd be concerned about if you're watching and he's taking all these sacks. So it was a little bit of the offensive line not performing well, but it's also because he was such a big game hunter. He like always wanted that big play, like running back in front of him was invisible on that check down. Like I, I'm going deep <laughs> type, you know, and why not? I've got Jamar Chase. I've got T Higgins. I've got all these guys. And when you're facing a defense that isn't preparing for that, you can do that a lot and get away with it. But then you go to the Super Bowl and everybody prepares for you because they're at home watching anyway. And you have extra tape out there, especially these division opponents. Now it turns into, okay, we have to adjust to what they're doing and how they're taking away what we like to do, which they didn't do a great job at first. And then they got better and they ran kind of a different, whole different scheme. They kind of changed everything over the, at least during that eight game run. And I think before that they started changing it, but I think run game started shifting before that passing game shifted after. Um. Yeah, just to me, I think he's done a really good job of protecting his offensive line, letting his offensive line uh, not give up sacks when they lose, even not even give up pressures when they lose because he's getting the, he's been doing a great job at staying in what I will call like the the Goldilocks zone, the just right on time. Uh, he's not sped up and he's not holding the ball too long. He's getting that ball out just in time. That helps your offensive line. When your offensive line knows where you'll be and when the ball is coming out, they can protect you much better than when they have no idea. You got to remember those guys don't have eyes in the back of their head. I know sometimes it might seem like that because, you know, the tackle runs his guy right around the outside of the quarterback. That's just because he knows my quarterback's at seven yards. I can take this guy to nine yards and he'll go right around the outside. Uh, that's just something to remember. It's just, you know, they, they these guys, they can't see back there. So when you're consistently getting the ball out at the same place at the same time with these concepts, there's different concepts. So, you know, you've got your quick game, you've got your deep stuff, you've got your play action. But when I run play action, my quarterback is at nine yards and that ball's out in three seconds. When I'm running quick game, he's at six yards and the ball's out in two seconds. Just knowing what you can and can't do. You can be more aggressive if you know your quarterback isn't going to hold the ball in quick game. And they did that a little bit. Um, I thought Jenna Williams did some real aggressive stuff and he didn't get burned as much on that as he did on the deeper sets uh but yeah just overall i thought he's i think he's done a really good job of getting the ball to his checkdowns on time and we saw that with mixon on the big catch and run when you get the ball out to your running back on time with that check down you don't want to be a check down charlie throwing that all the time and always just going right to it that's what's being sped up would be but when you hit it perfectly in time like they took it away they took it away check down that means he's gonna have the ability to catch that ball and run. And I think he's done a really good job of getting that ball out on time and letting his athletes make plays in space. I want to stay with the left side and then we'll get to Joe Burrow more in our next segment. You mentioned Jonah Williams. We also got to mention Cordell Volson. How has that duo really started to work over the last few weeks? And is Cordell still keeping up with it as a rookie? Are you seeing um, some concerns over there? Uh, this game was a big concern for Folsom for me because I thought the Ravens kind of uh, put the red dot on him, just like uh, we're gonna we're gonna target your rookie left guard and let's see how he performs. And he didn't perform well. 
Um, but that doesn't mean he's going to play poorly again this week. It just they isolated Odafe Owe on him um, once with a nasty spin move that's going to be seared in my memory of, oh, that guy can do that. Uh, and he lost other reps that were, you know, to some powerful guys like a Calias Campbell, or Justin Matabike. Can he perform better? Sure. Um, he's probably going to get less help than he did because you could slide away from Kappa fairly consistently knowing I'm going to help Karras will help Volson rather than help Kappa because I know Kappa can hold it down. So he has to step up and play a, a better game, but he can. This was a one of the worst games he's played. I think the two Pittsburgh games stand out as his worst games. Just he did not match up all of Cam Hayward, but it's not a Cam Hayward. Like you're facing some pretty talented guys, but even OA, none of these guys are pass rushers as good as Hayward is. Uh, I thought I, I thought he was kind of clearly the worst offensive lineman, which I see Jonah catching all the heat, which he deserves to. He did not play well either. Um, but I actually thought his his teammate was his adjacent, his running mate was just slight. He was slightly worse, and it's a concern when both got two guys that you are pretty comfortable with are the ones that are giving up the pressure and giving up the sacks and being the issue. But it also makes me think they could bounce back, especially Jonah, because I think of that Week Five performance as maybe his best game this year where he dislocates his kneecap and comes back in and still plays really well, find that. And maybe it was the seeing the tape of him playing that game that they wanted to throw some other stuff at him, some extra power, some other, you know, when you watch a guy so often, you can come up with some counters and how you want to attack him. Maybe what they had planned week five didn't work. So they're watching week five and saying, okay, well, we can do this. And it worked. Now Jonah has to have the counter to the counter. And that's the fun of football is that everything is all these, you know, long chains of uh, he does this. So this type thing, but can he come up with the counter to the counter when the Ravens come at him with power and they try to beat him that way, how's he going to react and how's he able to anchor down, get the hands off of him, protect his chest, everything like that. Because I think he can do it. I think he's been inconsistent this year, but when he plays well, he plays really well. And he had a really good game against this team in week five. So there's there's some confidence that he could perform and do that again. Justice for Jonah. We're doing <laughs> I don't want to make a pain right now because he had a bad game. So I'm not going to try to cave him <laughs> too much because he played bad too. But I do see him catching all the heat. And I think people like Volson more, so they're not saying anything about him. But Volson, Volson was kind of, demonstrably worse as in that game also people need to realize jonah williams is the left tackle next year oh yeah i mean he had his fifth year option picked up you don't cut him you would have just not picked that up no so he will be back next year unless something crazy happens uh but i'm I'm rooting for jonah in the playoffs we'll get to more joe burrow t higgins jamar chase and a look at the defensive side next on it's always game day in cincinnati 